Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5x2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We continue to welcome Julie Dietrich today, who's continuing to co-host with us as we discuss grace and truth. And again, this is the focus of a Sunday morning Bible group led by Pastor John and Pastor Adam. And so this will actually be our final episode on grace and truth in terms of the Sunday morning Bible group. Obviously, I'm sure the topic of grace and truth will come up again and again in future podcast episodes. But again, our final episode in terms of the Sunday morning Bible group called Grace and Truth. So George, can you kind of just get us kicked off, kind of recap and just kind of talk about entering this final episode. Sure. As a recap, you know, at the beginning of this series, Pastor John and Pastor Adam spent some time talking about the fullness of grace, the fullness of truth, and then the balance as we as Christians use those in our lives to talk to other people about what's going on, to witness our faith. And what was mentioned several times in our podcast is how a lot of us tend towards one or the other. We're a little too much truth and we come off sounding harsh or legalistic, or a little too much grace and we come off sounding mushy and not having any values or standards. And so as we're looking at this, as Christians, we're trying to deal with issues in our world, issues in our life, issues in our culture, with a fullness of both grace and truth. And where the class has landed for the last few weeks is on the issues of gender and sexuality. And it's a big topic in our world, which Christians are greatly divided. Different denominations have different stands on sexuality and gender. Different Christians within denominations also have a different view on how that should be approached. So we went through in the class and then on this podcast a definition of biblical marriage. For those of us that believe the Bible is God's word that is inerrant, that it was given through the human writers two people, word for word, by the Holy Spirit, we believe that the Bible clearly says that marriage is one man and one woman committed to each other for life. Within that, there's a whole lot of other issues. And so I think one class period, John and Adam just spent the whole class period talking about the difference between gender and sex. And so that was, again, brought up in this week's class, where sex is the biological aspect. It's the chromosomes, the X and the Y, that makes you either a male or female biologically. Also included in that is your body type, uh, your secondary sexual features, your hormonal structure. But gender is then how you work out that maleness or femaleness within our culture. And that was really where the discussion on Sunday went to, is what is the cultural expectations? And as we got into the discussion in that class, a lot of things came up about stereotypes. And so rather than really digging a lot into gender and sexuality again, what are some of those other things that we have maybe that we say we do that lead towards those stereotypes that offend some people and others? And so as we get into our discussion today, I'd like to look at avoiding stereotypes and then how do we deal with people in their distinct situations. People can obviously go back and listen to the first couple episodes, but can we just give that quick reminder of we're talking about 100% grace, 100% truth. Can you guys just quick define what those are? Because definition is one thing, but when we talk about how do I do 100% of both, that can be, that's a challenging thing, I feel like, for uh, at least for me to kind of wrap my mind around what that looks like. But can you kind of just start us off by talking about those definitions? Sure. If we start with grace, grace is that undeserved love of God. We don't do anything to get God to love us. He sent Jesus purely out of his love for us. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, each one of us has the opportunity to come into God's family through trust in him by his grace alone. 
And that grace then extends to everybody. Every sinner is valuable to God. Every one of us bears within us the image of God. We were created by him. We are loved by him. And so when we talk about the fullness of grace, we need to treat people as God's creation, as God's beloved children. Some of them don't know him yet, but they are still loved by him. Truth embodies, while a lot of us think that truth is just the law, this is what we have to do, truth is really every word that God speaks. And that word is contained for us in the Bible, God's word. And it includes both words of law and words of gospel. The Bible is what tells us about God's grace. But it also tells us about the need for that grace, the fact that we're all sinners. It tells us there are certain things that are right or wrong in our behaviors because, again, in God's wisdom, he knows what's best for us. And so while God sets up these commandments, these Ten Commandments, it's for our own good. It's not just to control us. It's not just to beat us down. But he knows that's the best thing for us. So as Christians, we need to make sure we are understanding God's got a certain way that we're supposed to behave. God's got a thing that he wants us to do. And yet, as also people that understand the fullness of truth, we realize that we fall short of that. We need that forgiveness. And he brings that forgiveness to everybody. And so that's the fullness of grace. Everybody is loved by God. Thank you, Georgie. Again, I know we've been talking about that all these episodes, but just to continue to hit that home. So if we want to transition then into stereotypes, where do you want to go with it to start with uh, our conversation here? Let's just start off with this. Let's think about one of the stereotypes that the world has of Christians. We know, as we are Christians in our society, that we've heard these things on various media platforms in our society and our jobs. What are some stereotypes that the world has about Christians? To start with, they might consider us that maybe we act a little holier than thou, maybe hypocritical, not practicing what we preach. That's a big one I hear is hypocritical. Yeah, yeah it, it, we don't help that either. I'm not perfect, just forgiven. That you'll sometimes see on a bumper. That's a truism that people throw out there to try to cover up, I am a sinner. But our behavior does set an example. It, it does witness to what we have in our hearts. And so just to kind of use that truism as a bumper sticker doesn't really help anything, mm-hmm. which might be another stereotype that we're quick to quote one verse or one phrase rather than looking at the whole picture. You know, I was thinking about, you said earlier in this podcast, you said the word issues, issues like this and issues like that. That right there is an issue. It's just a flipped issue. And maybe we need to use the word opportunity instead of issue. It's an opportunity to see the fullness of truth and fullness of grace through these opportunities. I don't know. Does that verbiage change anything? I definitely think it would, to know that it's an opportunity for me to witness my faith. Mm. You know, again, we've talked about trigger words throughout this whole series, and issues is one of those trigger words. Now, just a basic understanding, issue is any topic that you might talk about. But when you say somebody's got issues, right? Yep. the stereotype that goes with that is they've got problems. Right. And, and I wasn't insinuating that you were using it as such, but somebody could take it that way. But then that's me in my lopsidedness of grace where I want everybody to be okay. So I listen for those words and that one stuck out to me. So changing it to opportunity just changes the flavor a little bit. 
So when we talk about jumping back a little bit about the hypocritical thing, and George, you brought up the bumper sticker. What did you say it was? Not perfect, just forgiven or something like that. I'm not perfect, just forgiven. So how do we balance that? Because yes, we're forgiven, but aren't we called, when you talked about like our behavior shows what's in our heart or can show other people on the love of Jesus, like if we're acting we're saying we believe one thing, but acting another way. Like, how do we balance that? Are we called to live a certain way so that when we can reflect and show people? You, you get what I'm kind of asking? Oh, oh, definitely. And again, we know as Christians that our behavior doesn't earn us God's love. It doesn't earn us God's forgiveness. And yet our behavior does set an example. It sets an example for our kids and for other Christians of the way that we're trying to follow Jesus. But it also sets an example for the world of a better way. And so when I obey commandments, I know that I'm going to fall short and I am forgiven. But if I only focus on that forgiveness and not about what is the law trying to accomplish here, the law is trying to accomplish a better society. We're never going to get there until we're in heaven. But God gave us those rules to get along with each other. And so as I'm trying to live out those rules, I'm thinking about the other, you know, the golden rule, do unto others, you have them do unto you. That's basically the whole commandments. If you think about it, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And if we start to apply that concept, it becomes the opportunities now. Mm -hmm. It's not the issue. The issue isn't your sexuality. The opportunity is, this is what God says is best for you. And so when we're living out our lives, it's really key that our words match our deeds. And that's where if I say I'm holier than thou, but I'm not living holier than thou, then that sets me up for that stereotype of there's a hypocrite. Because I know we can say that we're all hypocritical, right, in some, some way, shape, or form, because none of us are perfect, right? That's why we needed Jesus to live the perfect life for us, because we have fallen short, very much so. But I think it's important if we're making those strides and trying, and even when those opportunities, when we do mess up, seeking forgiveness, right, of like, hey, I... I messed up. I'm sorry. I apologize. Will you forgive me? Because that can be a huge like, whoa, like you're asking me to forgive you like that. That's not something that, you know, I feel like in a lot of different areas, we're not really seeing that right where it's kind of you dig your heels in even further, right? Versus like, no, nah, I, I made a mistake. Will you forgive me? And you don't know how they're going to respond. They may not accept that apology or whatever, but you're still extending that to them. So I think that can be a good way to kind of show that humility in, in that moment of like, hey, I, I did mess up. I think this is all opportunity to evolve and grow as Christians. If we just remain fixed in our actions and our thoughts and our beliefs, we're not setting ourselves up for any growth. So I think using the word opportunity and thinking about that way, just every opportunity is a situation to evolve and grow this side of heaven. Growth mindset is something I know the educators throw around a lot. It's the idea to say, I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm going to learn from them. And there's a difference then as we as Christians say, I've made a mistake. What am I going to learn from this? Again, back to you, Dustin, uh, admitting to others, hey, I've made a mistake. I've offended you. Can you forgive me? But there's another aspect that I was thinking about as we were talking about this, and it goes back to something I think, Julie, you've said several times. And Dustin, I know you brought this up too. As you're having a discussion, before you start bringing in your point of view, help me to understand where you are coming from. Before I share my point of view, I want to know about you. And I think that was one of the other things that came up in the Sunday morning class. They started talking about different approaches that Christians use. And as Lutherans, we always think about the law-gospel distinction. That's, I think, one of the problems we talked about earlier on, is when we hear the word truth, we always think 
about law, but the truth is law and gospel. But we're always taught that the law leads you to the understanding you're a sinner so that the gospel can have effect. And so we always put the law first and then the gospel. But as we look at the life of Jesus, the law gospel thing, he applied really to the religious folks who thought that they were better than others. So to the Pharisees, he gave them the law, hoping that then they would be open to the gospel. When it was sinners that he was talking with, he brought the gospel first. I love you. I love you unconditionally. And then when they saw that he was interested in them, then he brought in, and this is what I'd like you to do. And so what we as Christians sometimes do is we treat the outside world with the law first and then the gospel, where we treat people inside the church with the gospel first and never get to the law. And so that kind of reverses what we ought to do. So I, Dustin, I need to be calling you down when you've got an angry temper, or Julie, I've got to be calling you down when you talk poorly to somebody in the office. That's where I bring the law into somebody that already knows Jesus. But somebody that doesn't know Jesus, they need to know Jesus first to see that his way is better. But that can be awkward. That can be extremely awkward. So getting past that feeling to insert that in the conversation, like, yeah. And so that's where we've got to overcome the stereotypes of Christians that always come in telling me what we're doing wrong and they don't care about me as a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think even in your example of like saying, hey, Dustin, I need to talk to you about this and call me out if I'm doing something wrong. You bring the law, but then you also bring it back to the gospel then, right? Of like, even though this happened, I need to remind you of the gospel that Jesus loves and forgives you. He died for you, rose from the dead for you. And so I think that even when we bring the law, we still bring the gospel back to, right, to that reminder of you are loved, you are forgiven. Right. That's the fullness of truth. I need to bring the fullness of truth to everybody. The order I bring it in would be what would be different. But so you two have a relationship, though. So the relationship is there that makes this a whole lot easier. Or as said in our morning Bible study this morning with a group of ladies, sometimes it's easier with someone you don't know because you may never see them again. So it's kind of understanding the relationship you have with the other person to see how that might play out. And that's tough. Right. On the topic of sexuality and gender, when we get into those type of discussions concerning those topics is not to first off come in with, this is what the Bible says. If somebody doesn't believe in the Bible, they don't care what the Bible says. Mm. And so me coming in and saying this is the right way or this is the wrong way, if I don't have a common basis, the discussion's going no. Where I'm going to end up becoming that stereotypical Christian that just comes in and preaches and doesn't care about the person. Yeah. So Dustin, that kind of reminds me of that video we watched this morning. It was something about you're going to remember it better than I am. So people may not realize that they need the good news of Jesus until they realize they have a need. Right. Yeah. So whatever that need or desire or longing of the heart, we're able to figure out what that is through a relationship, Mm -hmm. building trust with somebody, and they're able to share that. We're like, oh, this is what their kind of need or their desire, the longing of their heart is. Then we can speak the good news of Jesus to whatever that need is. We can apply the gospel to their story and be able to show them what that good news is. If they're needing comfort or whatever it may be, healing, then it's here's the great healer, here's the great comforter, here's the advocate, all those words we hear about of Jesus. And so being able to speak that to them, to their situation. Yeah, I think rather than assuming we know what their story is and just inserting what we want to say or what we think sounds good, getting to know them and building that trust. And that goes back 
not assuming we know their need. Mm-hmm. You need to get right is what we might come in as a Christian. You need to get your life right. Well, I need to know, I need to know as a Christian what's really going on in your life. Let me get to know you as a person. And so again, as we look at stereotypes, too many stereotypes don't look at the person. They look at a general category. And so some of the stereotypes that we talked about back in the day, somebody that had long hair was a hippie, right? And so Pastor John shared that he always had long hair during high school, and he was judged for that. Or when Pastor John came here, some people judged him because he had tattoos and piercings, Mm -hmm. ears pierced, right? And so there was a judgment made. There was a prejudice against those things. And so he fit some kind of stereotype that they said, well, that's not what a Christian pastor ought to have. Well, and that's a great example of a fixed mindset where you know something to be something, and it can only be that something without seeking to understand and letting that idea evolve or grow into something else. And you don't know that until you seek to understand. You know, and there are too some gender stereotypes we have. So little boys play with guns, little girls play with dolls. Girls are interested in getting dressed up and boys are interested in getting dirty. Those stereotypes can then really be troubling for children and teens as they go through their life because they don't fit what's stereotypically in our culture male or female. And I think then we got into the whole topic of gender and some of the gender issues, issues, and I'm using a word that way, that we as Christians have about somebody is because they don't fit our gender stereotype. And so it becomes an issue for us. It's not an issue for them. They don't mind what they wear because they know that clothes don't make them. It's just an expression of how they feel. I think that's a good point. You kind of talked about the cultural thing, right? Because like I would say in the past, at least, like a cultural thing for our society has been when we talk about clothing for instance like a skirt would be more feminine or you know i don't know if that's even the right word but more feminine but then you look at scotland and a kilt which is you know in a sense and i probably get get in trouble for calling it a skirt you know what i'm saying like that type of clothing but that's masculine right there and so i think part of it is it's a societal or a cultural type thing too right fashion is definitely very cultural pick one item and that doesn't even have to be a gender thing ties are they supposed to be wide are they supposed to be narrow mm-hmm. skirts long or short do we show arms do we not show arms there's all kinds of fashion things that change daily and yet we still think that a dress is a girl's thing and not a boy's thing but there like if you think about pants you know back when my grandma was going to church women would never wear pants to church because that wasn't feminine but now most of our women wear pants to church because it's more comfortable it's more convenient for getting in and out of cars all the things that go with it. It has nothing to do with their gender. It has to do with being still stylish and yet being able to do the things they want to do. And so when we start looking at different issues like that, piercings or hair length, all those things are very culturally driven. And so we got to be careful that when we look at Bible things that we're looking at, is it a cultural thing? Because we would still say the Bible is still very clear of God's plan for marriage. That's not cultural. That goes across all times. One man and one woman committed to each other for life is still the biblical principle that carries through Old and New Testament, whether it's the Jewish culture, the Greek culture, the Roman culture. God didn't change his plans on that. But he did talk about things like hairstyle. And in one community, it was short hair for men and long hair for women. But that was very cultural. And so when we talk about that today, it's not a cultural thing for us to have a haircut length. What's the big thing now? The man 
bond, you know? And so back in the day, you would say, oh, men shouldn't have a bond. But then you go far enough back, the Japanese samurai, all of them had a big hair bun. That was the sign of their masculinity. Or Samson. Samson had the long hair. So hair is not an issue. And yet we continue as sinful human Christians to make judgments on people based upon their fashion choices. Does that kind of go back to when we talked about the different types of laws of the ceremonial, the civil, and then moral, where like moral is when you talk about marriage, and some of those other things are more of the civil or cultural. Is that right? The hard one is a cultural one, you know, so the hair length that Paul talks about, it doesn't fit under civil, ceremonial, or moral law. It's kind of, that's the way society was. And there's certain things you don't do because of your society. And so I guess it would fit more with the civil. The cultural thing would maybe deal with the civil, but it's kind of on the outside of that. This is something you should do in your witness to those around you. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. I was thinking when you were talking just how if you were going to travel internationally and you were going to go to another country, you might do a little homework to understand their culture before you step off the plane. And, you know, here we are in southern Indiana and we only know what we know. But seeking to understand what not to do, what not to say, what not to eat, what not to wear, you know, who not to look at wrong because we want to honor their culture. But shouldn't we be doing that all the time, not just when we're traveling internationally? I mean, I'm just thinking that should be kind of our mindset all the time. Yeah, if we can avoid offending. No, you know, there's certain things that you might say, all right, I said this expression that's offensive to somebody else and didn't even think about it. But if I'm always trying not to offend, I'm going to be better off than if I just do whatever I want. Mm. So I think even to your point, Julie, like even in our community, each area of our community may have different things or different needs or things like that where we may assume, because, you know, as we're called to go and make disciples, right, as we're seeking to share the gospel and bring the gospel, bring that good news of Jesus to them, to a certain area or a certain pocket of our community, we need to listen to them first and figure out what the needs are instead of, I think sometimes it's very easy for us to be like, oh, I know what they need, or this is my strategy, so I'm just going to go do it. And we have no idea if that's actually what they need or whatever that pocket of the community actually is looking for instead of going, listening, building that trust, building that relationship. Like, oh, this is what you need. Okay, let me bring good news to that need and be able to bring Jesus, that good news of Jesus, to whatever that need is. So, yeah. If I can bring this back as we run low on our time here, to bring it back to our five by two. In any topic, in any opportunity, in any issue, whatever word you want to use, if we can look at those five by two disciplines, being in God's word helps me to see the full truth. Being in God's word helps me to see his abundant grace. Being in God's word helps me to see how Jesus approached people. Prayerful time allows me to speak to God to say, help me, forgive me for when I've fallen short, give me the words I need when I need to. Meaningful conversations helps me to get to know what somebody needs. It helps me to get to know who they are. Blessing others. I'm always looking at how do I bless others, not offend them. What can I do to serve them, not to make them change? And then to worship as we gather together and worship. And we just look at the diversity that God brings into a congregation and what a benefit that could be to not make those stereotypes and say, well, this person doesn't belong here because they're this or this person doesn't belong here. Heaven's going to be made up of a lot of different people. And when we worship on a Sunday, that ought to be a reflection of heaven, of the diversity and the joy that can bring as we see everybody that God loves. So with that, any last thoughts, Dustin, Julie? Yeah, so I think just as we kind of wrap up here with this final episode, 
I just want to say a big thank you to Julie here for taking the time to join us for these past, what has it been, seven episodes and taking the time to come in here and have discussions with George and, and me because that's probably not always the uh, easiest thing to do. So we, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to come well, in here and do that. Well, I appreciate the opportunity and I've learned a lot. I've grown a lot. I've gotten to know you too. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad. No, I'm joking. Just joking. But you just never know what God has in store and how he can use you. So Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and George, thank you so much. I mean, you really have taken the lead on these conversations and, and guided our discussions and all of these. So thank you for that as we've gone through here. And to our listeners, I just want to say thank you for joining us for these seven episodes here talking about the Grace and Truth Sunday Morning Bible Group. And you know, we're going to continue to have these discipleship type discussions, talking about the five by two, as George just mentioned a little bit ago, and just continue to talk to different people, have different guests on, and just continue talking about Jesus. So, Well, thanks again, Dustin and Julie. Now, for all of us, let's go out and serve God and others.